Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, and welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I continue my series with Bob Lowry, and today we're going to talk about non-chlorine shocks, and we're going to go over some of the reasons to use a non-chlorine shock in your pool. And Bob Lowry is one of the premier experts on pool chemistry in the industry. He also offers an online um, certified residential course, and you can learn more about this course at pcti.online. Again, that's pcti.online. Let's jump in and talk about the non-chlorine shock and other aspects of your sanitizers. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open 7 days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's Referral Program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. And I think if you can touch on this real quick... Um, you know, there's a misnomer about the strength of liquid chlorine because when you buy a bottle of it, it says 12.5%. We look at a bag of shock, it says 60%. And right away, your brain will say, well, this bag of shock, one pound bag of shock is 68%. This gallon is only 12.5%. Of course, liquid chlorine is weaker, but that's not true, right? Yes. Well, the one way you can look at it is this way. If, if it is 12.5% liquid chlorine, then inside the bottle, there's about one pound of pure chlorine. Okay, so there's one pound of pure chlorine in one gallon. And um, if you had one pound of trichlor, for instance, it would not be uh, one pound of chlorine. It's It would actually take about 1.2 pounds of, of trichlor to equal one pound of uh, or to equal one gallon. And if you're looking at dichlor, uh, would even be worse. You'd need about 1.7 pounds of dichlor to equal one uh, bottle of liquid chlorine. And if you compare costs, you will find that liquid chlorine is a lot cheaper than using dichlor. Yeah, I think that's something that I wanted to make sure we clarify so people know that it's not, uh, you know, based on that, it's not a weaker form of chlorine. And then you hear this a lot, um, maybe if when you go into a pool store, you may hear it preached by other other people in the industry that once the chlorine level drops near or below two parts per million, it's time to shock your pool. And so a lot of the pros are thinking every week they got to add a shock amount of chlorine to a pool. But is that true or is that not true? Well, you know, for years and years, we have told people as an industry that you need from 2.0 to 4.0 parts per million of free chlorine in the pool. Um, some years ago, we used to say 1.5 to 3, and now we say 2.0 to 4. So um, it's increased a little bit, but, but I have found, and some other people have found too, and we've been promoting for a long time, that the amount of chlorine that needs to be in your pool is actually a percentage of 
your cyanuric acid because the cyanuric acid ties up the chlorine. So we have to allow for that. And the way you allow for it is if you're not going to use borate, not going to use borate in your pool, then the amount of free chlorine that needs to be in your pool is 7.5% of the cyanuric acid level. So uh, if, you, if, you, if you have uh, 50 parts per million of cyanuric acid in your pool, 7.5% of five is 3.75. So you're gonna need almost four parts per million of chlorine in the pool. And if you run your pool at two, it's not gonna be enough chlorine and you will eventually start to see algae grow. But if you, if you run it at 7.5 or you put borate in the pool at 50 parts per million, you can change the 7.5 to five parts per five percent. So if you have borate in the pool, the amount of free chlorine in the pool needs to be five percent of cyanuric acid. So if you got 50 parts per million of cyanuric acid in the pool, you need 2.5 parts per million of chlorine. So that's the way you do the calculation. But if you do that, if you run the pool at either five percent or 7.5 percent, you don't need to shock the pool ever unless you have a big event where you get you know three or four inches of rain you get a mudslide the homeowner has a a pool party and 20 people got in the pool or something but unless there's an event like that that's unplanned from week to week to week if it's just people using their pool you won't need to weekly shock it you don't have to shock it when it gets to, to down to two, you don't have to shock it back up. You just maintain the level of either 5% or 7.5%, and you don't need to do all of that stuff. And if you, if you do the things that we've talked about, where you keep the pH at the right level, keep the, the buffers at the right level, keep the chlorine at the right level, you won't need to buy algicides, phosphate removers, uh, separate oxidizers, um, enzymes, you won't need all of those things. You just need uh, chlorine and, and acid and bicarb and air. And that's all you really need to take care of your pool. You don't need all those other things. There's a, there's a way to take care of a pool that you only need those things. And if you don't follow that, you're going to have algae or you're going to have something, and then you'll need one of those specialty chemicals. But in the meantime, they're going to be selling borate and liquid chlorine and, and baking soda and whatever you need to take care of your pool. And if you occasionally don't take care of it, then you're going to need an algicide or a phosphate remover or an enzyme or something like that. Um, we need to start providing customers with what they need. Think about this. If a customer finds out that all he needs is the thing that I've talked about, and you've been selling him a bunch of other stuff that he doesn't need, what's he gonna think about you when he finds out about that? You know, so um, I think we need to be, uh, to be doing the right thing, selling customers what they need, and if they need some algicides, we sell it to them, but we don't need to be putting algicides in to prevent something. If if you need to be adding an algicide every week or every couple of weeks to your pool, you're not taking care of it right. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. And then another thing that I've seen promoted a lot and probably is going to be pushed a lot this year with the trichlor shortage is these non-chlorine shocks. Um, what, what's your thought on these non-chlorine shocks? And I've heard recommendations now that even if your pool is at three parts per million or at the ideal level, that the non-chlorine shocks are still necessary for the pool. I, I don't believe they are necessary. Um, I believe that you may need them from time to time if you if you have a uh, an unexpected bather load or a, a climatic event that happens in your pool or something, you may need them. But but think about it this way. Let's think about logic for a minute. Chlorine is much more of an oxidizer than a non-chlorine shock is. Much more. It gets rid of more things. It kills more things. It's better at oxidizing. So it's better than an oxidizer. So I was saying those non-chlorine shocks are pretty expensive too. And they're pretty expensive. So um, I don't believe that you need a non-chlorine shock in your pool. You, if you, if you have, and I've been talking residential now, if you have a commercial pool and it's got a big bader load and stuff, perhaps keeping a residual of an oxidizer in the water will take care of ammonia and urine and sweat as it's introduced with a big bather load. So there certainly is a place for it in a, in a commercial pool that has a, a high bather load. Um, there would be a reason for it there for sure. Other reasons are if you have to get the pool ready in a hurry and there's a lot of combined chlorine, get the oxidizer in the pool because then people can go swimming right away after you put the oxidizer in. And if you run the chlorine level up high to get rid of combined chlorine, then the people shouldn't be swimming. So there are reasons to use a non-chlorine shock or a separate oxidizer, but not to, not to provide a residual or on a regular basis unless you just have a big beta load. It makes sense. Um, yeah, so I think, um, you know, circling back, Liquid chlorine is probably the standard, and it should be the standard, I think, in the industry. It was the standard when I started, and we kind of moved away from that with the trichlor tablet dependency. Well, the trichlor tablets, they just got to be convenient, was what happened. It was really easy for a service tech to pour in some liquid chlorine, throw some tabs in those days in the skimmer, and then we started using floaters and chlorinators, but, you know, put some tablets in, and let that supply some chlorine during the week. And it got to be real easy to take care of pools doing that. But we never realized that we were, that the cyanuric acid was causing a lot of problems. We didn't realize it. We thought that the cyanuric acid just was protecting chlorine from sunlight. And so what if you had too much in there? It didn't matter. And we've, we found out with technology and testing and research and study that high cyanuric acid levels aren't a good thing. Yeah, true. And, you know, I think uh, your material in your course, the uh, Certified Residential, really emphasizes um, the things we've been talking about here. And if someone's new to the industry or maybe you've been around for a long time and never really looked at anything, um, this is an eye-opener. The course is an eye-opener for them to see the differences of the chlorines that they're using without even knowing what they're doing. And I think that knowledge will definitely give them that, that power so I hope that after listening to these two podcasts on the chlorine types, you get a better understanding 
of the four major types of chlorines that we use in the industry and also a better understanding of the non-chlorine shock and when to use that. And again, if you're looking for more episodes that I recorded with Bob Lowry, this is the second um, recording series that I have done with him. You go to my website, swimmingprolearning.com, and on the banner, there's a podcast icon. Click on that. You can scroll down and listen to previous episodes. I have over 550 podcast episodes for you to listen to, so definitely go back and catch up on some of those that you may have missed. And if you're interested in enhancing your business or growing your business, you may be interested in my online coaching program. You can learn more about that at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.